Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over a half a million times in over 145 countries, and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. I'm your host, Tim Savage, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jill. Hello, everyone. In today's episode, episode 176, we are talking about considerations for choosing a hike. Whether you are new to hiking or have been doing it for years, deciding on what walk you are going to do will depend on a number of factors. Surprisingly, the answer you get when you work through these factors may differ each time you have to make this choice. While some of these factors cross over with general hiking planning, there are also a number that are purely subjective. Now, over the last 15 months, it's been a real challenge for many people in Australia in the hiking community due to the impact of both bushfires, flooding and COVID. And I've regularly found myself having to change my hiking plans, often on short notice, rather than sticking to a predetermined schedule. While safety comes into play, enjoyment of the hike is a very subjective consideration, and this is where everyone's answer on what hike you're going to do is going to differ. In this podcast, we look at the main factors to consider when choosing a hike to get the best outcome for all concerned. Now, before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there's a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, subscribe on your podcast host of choice, so it's available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review on your podcast listening service. Another way that you can support us if you like what we do is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the support us page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get into today's episode. Now the first thing to consider when choosing a hike is the available information. There are literally thousands of hikes in Australia to choose from and as the saying goes, you don't know what you don't know. When I sit down and choose a hike these days, I'll generally start off with an internet search uh, to see what information I can find. And usually my starting point is with the State or Territory National Park Service. This search will often provide the basic information about a hike to determine if it's what I'm after. Now the information that I'm looking for is how well is the trail set up? Um, is it signposted? And for us, we tend to, on the whole, only do hikes that are on form trails and have at least a basic amount of signage to them. It's interesting, though, because I think, uh, I guess that's part of the point of uh, the podcast, really, because the information does vary quite a lot. And, um, you know, it was one of the main things that uh, drove us into uh, creating Australian Hiker because we couldn't get the information that we thought was uh, useful and needed. The other thing that people tend to look at is are there toilets and other facilities close by? I can remember about 10 years ago I was doing my late to life landscape architecture degree and I had a particular bent towards trail design and what people were looking for and in talking to a number of walking groups uh, one of the key factors were is there a toilet facility close by? 
as hikers that uh, um, do long distance or overnight camping, uh, many people will be used to going to the toilet in the bush. But for people just starting out, uh, having access to toilet facilities, barbecue facilities, water, uh, and those type of facilities is a big consideration. Distance, how long are you capable of walking uh, on a hike, and how long do you want to walk? I know that I can walk big distances, but sometimes I don't have much time, or I just don't feel like doing a long walk. I just want something nice and short that might only take half an hour or an hour. And I think, you know, the other thing to remember is that when you're travelling with other people, you have to consider who else is in the group as well and what they might want to do. And um, you might be able to cover big distances, but those with you might not want to or might not be able to. And I think with that respect, I mean, the the, the common rule is always work to the lowest common denominator. Uh, if you're taking grandma out for a walk with you, grandma might be perfectly fit and healthy and can cover big distances. Um, but, you know, they may, the, the, the person you're hiking with may not be looking for a long hike, uh, may only be looking at doing something nice and short. And the other thing which we mentioned as well was time. How much time do you have uh, and how long I walk uh, can you fit into that sort of category as well? And I think from my perspective, sometimes, you know, we try to do a walk every Saturday, but it, it becomes a bit uh, restrictive sometimes that you know, as we travel further afield, we end up with long travelling times. And it may be that, you know, we only really feel like doing two or three hours in total, including travelling time, and that's going to limit uh, where we go for a walk and how long the walk is. The next consideration is, do you go solo or are you hiking in a group? If you're new to hiking, you may choose to join a club or uh, an organised outdoor event, uh, and there are definitely benefits of doing this. I mean, group hiking allows you a certain degree of comfort. Uh, it provides a, gr- a degree of safety uh, because those that are running it are generally experienced uh, and they're able to look after new hikers. The downsize is the bigger the group, the slower you tend to travel. Uh, and doing a group walk or a group uh, hike really is one of those sort of things that do you get on well with the people that are on the hike as well? Well, sometimes you don't know until you've done the hike. <laughs> no, and that's right. And I've talked to a number of people over the last few months who have said they've tried hiking clubs and didn't like it and gone to another hiking club and didn't like it. And they may have to go through two or three to find the right one. And it's not so much that the experience level is different. It might be just the personalities of the people that are running yeah, and, yeah. and the people that are on the hike. And everyone is different in what they like. Yeah, and, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time with um, people and when you're walking and you really do need to click and connect um, with at least a few of the people in the group to be able to enjoy it. Now, this is where solo hiking can be an advantage. Um, it generally That's allow- probably the only time it would be <laughs> an advantage, Tim. <laughs> um, it generally allows you to do what you want to do on your own time scale. Um, uh, but that then brings us to the concept of skill and fitness level is now next consideration. Your individual skill and fitness level will provide the limits for your hiking And while it's good to consider pushing the boundaries, you don't want to break them. So hike within your own ability. uh, And certainly if if a hike is beyond your current skill level, 
This is where it's good to go with somebody else, either another person or a group who has those skills and ability to be able to help you out. If you're an individual going on a solo hike, there's nothing wrong with that. But from my perspective, um, if I'm going on a solo hike, sometimes it's within minutes of a town or a, a residential area. Uh, my phone works perfectly well and I tend not to have to worry too much. But other times I'll go into very remote areas that are often very uh, far away and uh, very secluded and I'm not going to come across another person the whole day. Uh, and the concept of how much experience you need, how much fitness, the safety equipment you need will all differ with the style of hiking you're doing. The other thing is have some sense of your physical ability. Um, now, from that perspective, I know what I'm capable of walking. I know my average walking speed. Um, and while it's not critical to know these things, if you plan on going on a 10-kilometer hike and you've never done 10 kilometers in your life, um, it's probably worthwhile starting out with something a bit shorter. Uh, and that way, if, if you, know, you do it, choose to do a, a five kilometer and you do it really easily, you think, okay, well, a 10 kilometer might not be a bad option. Uh, but don't launch into big, long, complex hikes as a first off hike. Start easy, uh, build up your uh, experience, build up your fitness, and gain an, a knowledge of what you're able to go through and do. That brings us to planning considerations. And again, this is something that you should do on every hike. And this is, this is your section, isn't it, Tim? It is. The planning yeah, section. Yeah. Now, these are logistical aspects to keep you safe on a hike. Now, this includes how you're traveling to and from the hike. Uh, now, that may not be something that often people will think of, but I've got a couple of hikes coming up later this year uh, that are 30 kilometers uh, from one trail head to the next. And somehow I have to get back to the starting point where my vehicle is going to be. Now, with those sort of hikes, I've got to consider are there alternatives or options? Do I need to go with somebody else and we do a bit of a car shuffle? Uh, do I get public transport? Uh, do I get Jill to drop me off? Uh, she's, she drives to the other end and we walk in the middle and then finish off back at the car again. Now, these are all options and considerations, but uh, when you're doing a hike that starts in one location and finishes somewhere else, you've somehow got to get back to your car or vehicle. I did a hike just over the last week or so where I came across a number of people coming from the other direction that I was walking, and I knew there were no other cars in the car park at this stage. So they were walking from another trailhead uh, and meeting up or finishing off uh, at the opposite trailhead. And sure enough, when I got back, there were a number of other cars and people were doing a car shuffle. Do you need a permit? Now, in most cases, that's not a consideration, but if you're considering doing a longer hike, Something like, as an example, the Overland Track in Tasmania, you need a permit for that for most times of the year. Uh, and Tasmania does have a lot of permitted hikes, uh, and the reason for that is to limit the number of people that are going out on one day, uh, limit the environmental damage. Uh, so you can't just turn up and say, yep, I'm going to do this tomorrow or today. Uh, you have to do a bit of forward planning. And I think um, just with COVID now, the introduction of the trip intention form. It's not necessarily a permit, but it is 
part of your planning process and making sure that you complete the form so that if there are any issues, um, people know where to find you. Now, how many people will be in the group and are you hiking by yourself? So we did talk about uh, solo hiking or group hiking. Uh, and as I said, really what it comes down to is risk management. Uh, Jill and I did a hike uh, in Bungonia National Park uh, towards the end of last year called the Red Track. Uh, it's not an overly long hike. It's less than around about six kilometres. Um, it's pretty much start in one direction, finish in another, but you do end up back in the same car park again. So you're doing a circuit. But it was one of those sort of hikes that um, in talking to the ranger at the end of the day, uh, in looking at media that it had occurred a couple of months later, where they actually ended up rescuing 18 people in one weekend. <laughs> Uh, and this is because not all in the same group. <laughs> not all in the same group, no. But this was because it's a complex hike. Um, it's the sort of thing that if doesn't matter how experienced you are, if you slip or twist an ankle or something happens, this is where having someone with you is uh, really worthwhile. So it's, it, yeah, and it's it's the kind of hike where there's there's only one way to get out, and that's hiking out or somebody carrying you. Yeah. Or even, even if you decide to turn around and go back, you, you know, if you're halfway through, you've still got the same sort of uh, issues yeah. to deal with. Do you need maps and a compass or is the trail really well set out? As I said, from my perspective, most of the hikes we walk and review are fairly easy trails to follow. Uh, generally don't need maps and compasses, although typically I'll carry both on a hike. Uh, but you might be doing something that is a bit more complex, does need map and compasses, uh, isn't a marked trail, and as a result, you do need to have some navigation skills and ability. Identify any dangers or issues that may impact what you're doing. And again, this is regardless of the uh, group size. Is it snake season? Uh, now, that's not a, a reason for stopping a hike, but you just need to pay a bit more attention. Is the heat going to be excessive? Uh, and it's not unusual uh, in the middle of summer. We, we hike right the way throughout the year, but we'll often start earlier during the middle of summer. We'll often choose shorter hikes uh, and put a bit more thought onto which hikes we're going to do, saving the longer and often more complex hikes for the cooler times of the year. And obviously the last one is, thing, is, is there any potential for bushfires? So if it's the middle of summer, and certainly some states in Australia are having problems with bushfires as we're recording this podcast, um, if you're planning on going to a site and there's fires that might be 20 or 30 kilometres away, sometimes they can move very quickly. So again, uh, the summer, not the summit is gone, the, the previous one where we had the big fires through Australia, that had a major impact on the hikes we did and we had to regularly rearrange and reschedule hikes just based on where there were fires and, in fact, even where the damage had been caused and we couldn't get access. These factors may not change your mind, but then again, they just might. Now, equipment's the next one. Based on the research you've done uh, and the experience that you have, you're going to need certain amounts of certain types of gear for particular hikes. If it's an easy, well-set-out hike, it might just be just a good set of shoes, a small pack to carry, uh, water and some snacks in, and that's it. If there's chances of bad weather, you might need wet weather gear. 
Um, if you're doing a hike that is really complex uh, or very remote, you might need a personal locator beacon or a satellite communicator like the Garmin uh, uh, devices. Uh, and certainly from my perspective, when I'm going remote and doing solo hiking, uh, and I have been in situations where I've been 20 or 30 kilometres from the nearest person, um, I'll always have some sort of emergency beacon or communication device with me that I know will work. Um, it's just common sense, uh, and that will limit what you can go through and do. And I wouldn't suggest doing those sort of hikes, even if you have the fitness and the experience, without taking some sort of emergency communication or emergency device. Yeah, I think um, equipment's an interesting one because I think there's an assumption that the you know, if you're going for a couple of days, you don't need a lot of gear. But, you know, food aside, you pretty much need the same gear that you have for a much longer trip. Um, so, you know, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes, that you know, we forget that there's a basic set of gear that we need um, any time we're stepping out, uh, even for the day. But particularly if we're doing overnight hiking of however many nights. So the next consideration is checking the weather. Typically, I will plan my schedule of hikes for 12 months in advance, and that's even the, the short weekend hikes that I do. Uh, and this is to allow for logistical considerations, where I'm going to be, how much time I need, what else I can do on that particular day. Now, what this means, though, is that I will regularly change my plans because the weather is lousy uh, or the hike just isn't worth doing. Yeah, unfortunately, the weather isn't um, so reliable that you can guess what it's going to be in 12 months' time. <laughs> no, so, I mean, yeah, it's, we, we had this situation a couple of weeks ago where we were planning on going for a three-hour drive to do a couple of hikes. Uh, the weather forecast at that site was exceptionally bad, but I still wanted to go for a hike. Uh, and I, it was a matter of looking in my local area to work out, is there a hike that I haven't done before, even just a short one? Yeah, and the hike we ended up doing was only 2.3 kilometres, uh, and it's never going to make a our top 10 list anywhere. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a, a hill ascent, and it wasn't a particularly difficult one. But I've been living in, in Canberra for most of my life, and I'd never been to the top of this hill before. Um, you know, for, for whatever reason, I'd just never actually gone anywhere near it. So. Yeah, and the hike that we were going to do, um, it it was raining in both locations, but the hike that we were going to do was pretty heavy rain and pretty poor conditions. So, um, yeah, it would not have been um, a good hike. So even putting the rain jacket on wouldn't have, wouldn't have saved us on that one, I don't think. Now, the last consideration we're going to talk about is enjoyment, and this is where it gets really subjective. For each individual, there are different reasons why we choose to go hiking. Some people dislike to do it for fitness. Some people like being out in nature. Some are into photography. Um, some are into watching birds or looking at particular plants. There's no end to a particular reason for going on a hike. And if you have a particular reason, whatever that may be, you'll tend to focus your walks on why you go on a particular hike. A few years ago, we did the Overland Track in Tasmania. Um, I love macro photography uh, and 
Uh, we decided to go to Pine Valley uh, as a side trip on that trip because we'd heard so much about it. And I could have very easily spent, have spent a day uh, within a, probably about a 10 or 20 square metre area just taking photos of mosses and fungi and lichen. There was you know, a couple of areas in that Pine Valley area which were just spectacular if you're into macro photography. So you know, if that's what you're into, look for hikes that have that on offer. You know, if you're a hill climber and like to see the views from the top of the hill, that's what you're likely to choose. So a hike may be just for fitness, but even then it's nice to have a decent environment to do it in. Now, I suppose just as a, a final thought, there are really so many considerations in choosing a hike, and the key ones certainly are safety and enjoyment. Uh, and I think we tend to focus so much on the safety aspects when we're planning hike, you know, letting people know where we're going, letting them know when we're back, making sure we have a first aid kit. Um, but you can't forget to uh, allow for the enjoyment factor. Uh, you, know, you might say, well, okay, there are five hikes I can do today. Why am I going to pick one over another? And that's where, um, you know, if they're all equal length, they're all going to take the same sort of time. Why would you pick any particular one? And it really does come down to what are you likely to enjoy more? Uh, or, you know, if you're going off some systematic approach where you're working, doing the one furthest away first and, and working backwards, but, you know, quite often it is, am I going to like doing this walk? Yeah, and I think that sense of fulfilment, um, that's really sort of the wrapping in all of this. So, um, y- you know, there's there's probably one major uh, consideration, which is, for me, which is that enjoyment. And then all of the others, the other six items are about um, part of your preparation and, and execution of it. Um, so, you know, your choice of uh, a hike, you have to remember you want to do this for fun, you want to do it for enjoyment, you want to do it um, for a particular reason. So, you know, pursue pursue that. I, I just did a hike over the last week before we recorded this podcast and while I expected to enjoy it, I really didn't think that I was going to enjoy it this much. You know, there was just lots of wildflowers out, not so much animal life, uh, and it was just a really nice environment that I hadn't really thought of. Uh, and this was, from my perspective, working my way through a list, uh, going through and ticking off hikes in particular areas so that we could review them. Um, but this one was a bit of a surprise packet. Um, it really was. So, as I said, safety, certainly uh, a, a big consideration but enjoyment really is the thing you need to think of. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, As we said, you need to consider safety as part of what you're thinking about, but also consider enjoyment as, as, as one of the key factors in choosing a hike. Now, it's been a while since we've done our podcast reviews, just to hear what people think about the Australian Hiker podcast. So we've gone through and just picked three for today, uh, and we'll start doing these again a bit more on a regular basis. So the first one was from Hamish DB, uh, and um, Hamish said, Variety, Effort and Expertise, the whole package. Just a really lovely series of self-contained episodes across all elements of hiking, both relatively expert through to beginner. Highly recommended. And then we have Milsey uh, 
who says it's an amazing resource for hikers. My husband and I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to this podcast. The well-researched, detailed and local content is applicable to hikers of all levels of experience. Really appreciate the great resource this is for keeping up to date with new gear, getting ideas and helpful safety information. Please keep it up. And last but not least, Ash in Queensland, great Aussie hiking podcast. I've been a listener for about a year and it's great to hear an Aussie point of view discussing places we can go, gear we can get and all the rest that goes on with a true local perspective. The website is also well and truly worth a look. So thank you very much for those those people who we've just read out their reviews. Uh, and again, if you have the opportunity, please go through and give us a five-star rating. Uh, and who knows, we may read out your review uh, on a future episode. Okay, that's all for this week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Bye for now. And bye from me. So these factors may not change your mind, but then, but again, then these factors may not change your mind, but again, again.